Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 132 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Today we'll hear from a candidate for the Arkansas legislature who's trying to figure out why Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorsed her opponent, her rhino opponent, if I may. Details on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show coming up. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I am the only conservative running for governor of the state of Arkansas. There are two Republicans in the Republican primary. I'm the only conservative. If you like to support what I'm doing, running for governor, the website is electdocwashburn.com. That's where you can go to financially contribute or to become a volunteer or both. Now, we have hundreds of volunteers that are beginning to knock on doors and make phone calls this week, whereas my opponent's campaign is begging for volunteers because they don't have enough. Raised $13 million, but they don't have enough volunteers. What does that tell you? Again, I was in uh, Walnut Ridge last night, and just like everywhere else I go, after I spoke, people came up to me after the meeting and said, I was supporting Sarah, now I'm supporting you. It happens everywhere I go. If I can get the message out to enough people, I'll be the nominee, and the Republican nominee will be elected governor. I don't need $13 million, which Sarah has raised, mostly from out of state. I don't even need 10% of that, $1.3 million. If I can raise 130000 about 1% of what Sarah has raised, I will have enough to get my message out to enough people I'll be the nominee, and I'll be your governor. And I will drastically cut the size and scope of the Arkansas state government to get them off your back and out of your pocket. Sarah's talking about gradually reducing the personal income tax. No, no, Sarah, we need to get rid of it now. I will sign a bill in January, if you like me, governor, to get rid of the personal income tax to get rid of the income tax on small businesses, to get rid of the taxes on used goods, to get rid of the tax on groceries. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I did an interview recently. A member of the state legislature said, oh, Doc, you don't know what you're talking about. We already get, got rid of the state grocery tax. No, sir. No, sir. You didn't. There's still a two and a quarter percent income tax. Uh, pardon me, not income tax. Still a two and a quarter percent sales tax on groceries and people are feeling the pain from the Biden inflation every time they go to buy groceries 
And every time uh, they go to the gas pump, for that matter, we got to reduce the gas gas tax. With no further ado, it is a, an honor and a privilege to welcome my next guest. Uh, Kim Slaughter is running for the uh, State House of Representatives uh, for the Republican nomination. Uh, Ms. Kim, thank you so much for uh, being patient with us this morning, coming to the Doc Washburn Show. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, I guess the first thing to do would be to tell my listeners before we get into Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorsing your rhino opponent, the first thing to do would be to tell my listeners what district you are running for and kind of generally what part of Arkansas that's in. Okay. So I am running in District 56, which is basically north and east Conway, and it does go up around Beaver Fork Lake. So it's a very small district. Um, and it's, it's not even the entire city of Conway, but if you do not have a Conway address, then it's not in my district. But So it's east and north Conway. All right, very good. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, ever since I have started running for um, governor of Arkansas, I've run into you a number of times because I've done a lot of campaign events in Conway, and you're really good at organizing that sort of thing. Um so what what is going on in your race right now? Um, well, in my race right now, you know, I'm, I'm running against Trent, and um, I feel like I have a lot of support in Conway, but I do feel like uh, Trent is sending messages that are very generic, and then he's answering you know questions that are that don't back up his message so um i'm not sure who who is sending out his messages but for example he just sent out a pro-life postcard saying that he was committed to protecting the unborn but then recently arkansas right to life just uh, published the answers to their questionnaire and he answered no saying that he would not vote against legislation that would um, weaken or cancel out any current pro-life laws or policy. So he directly voted against Arkansas Right to Life, but sends out postcards saying that he's that you know he's committed to the life of the unborn. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's a very mixed message, and I'm not sure it's one that you can trust. Wow. Um. So I'm looking at the um, Arkansas Right to Life uh, 2022 Preferential Primary Election Voters Guide. Uh-huh. And, of course, they have endorsed um, three of the four U.S. congressmen who are running for re-election. Well, um, uh, Congressman Westerman doesn't have a primary opponent, but... Uh, Crawford, French Hill, and, and, and Womack do. They endorsed Senator Bozeman uh, for re-election in his uh, primary, which is odd because our friend Jan Morgan, I'm sure, is more pro-life than he is. But anyway, um, I'm going down and looking at um, going down and looking at the other the other races here. Now, your district, again, is... Uh, did you say 39? 56. 56. I'm sorry. I'll wake up here in a minute. It's okay. <laughs> 56. And um, I guess they don't they don't have an endorsement in, in your race, but it looks like you answered yes to all their questions. 
And um, your opponent answered yes to four out of five, but I guess the one that he answered no to is the one that, that you brought out. Yeah, and it's, I don't see how you could even answer yes to the other ones if you're answering no to that one. If you're not, if you're not willing to vote against legislation that would, that would weaken the current legislation that we have, then how could you say that you're going to vote for, you know, how could you say you're, you're going to, you're, you're for all the other things? It's kind of, doesn't make sense. It seems like, I don't know, doesn't make sense, but, uh, but you know, Trent has raised about sixty thousand dollars, most of which uh, outside of Conway. He's got money from Washington lobbyists, um, the political elite, and uh, so maybe he, you know, maybe he has to answer to some lobbyists that want to be a little weaker on on pro life issues. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, these questions: Do you advocate changing the Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, and Casey v. Planned Parenthood Supreme Court decisions? so that elected legislative bodies, the state legislatures and Congress, may once again protect unborn children by limiting and or prohibiting abortion. Well, that's a no-brainer, of course. The answer is yes on that. But then, the second question, would you vote against any legislation that would weaken or repeal any existing pro-life law or policy? Well, of course, if you're pro-life, you're going to vote yes on that, and he voted no on that, so that's really odd. Why would you vote against that? And and here's the thing. If you didn't read the question correctly, well, that's even worse because you're going to be voting on things that you probably should pay attention <laughs> to what you're reading. Oh, absolutely. So I don't, know what his, I don't know what his response would be, but either way, it's bad because either way, you really should be focused on. My guess is he probably didn't even answer it himself because he's got a lot of people up there running his campaign. And, um, yeah. You know, because I, I think, honestly, I think Trent's a nice guy. I really do. But I think that he is being, you know, he, he was groomed to be a politician. He went to the Clinton School of Public Service. If we had a Democrat supermajority in Arkansas, he'd be running as a Democrat um, because this is his life's ambition to be a politician. And I think he's being influenced by the wrong people. And to me, that he's scarier to me than the current incumbent, which is a Democrat, Steve McGee. Um, at least Steve McGee, you know, you know where he stands. He really only has a strong opinion about health care uh, and has, and mostly has it pertains to ophthalmologists. So, yeah. so um, you know, I think I think Trent's just being influenced by the Little Rock and the current establishment. And that is the thing that, you know, I'm against. I'm against the current establishment. I, I believe in a government for the people, not for the government. We've tried <clears> that for decades and it hasn't really worked well for so it's time for a dramatic change amen amen so i'm looking at the um arkansas right to life 2022 Uh preferential primary election voters guide when it comes to my race um you know i'm running for governor i'm one of two candidates in the republican primary for governor um and this is this is really odd because um they have my answers to the five questions and you, and the, you and the other Democrat that voted yes. That's the only people that answered. Yeah, I don't understand a pro-life Democrat. That's weird. There's no way in the world he's going to get the nomination as a Democrat. Yeah, but um, most of these people, if it says they didn't respond, then it's in R for no response, and it'll have either their uh, their phone number or or an email address out by them. But for Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it just says letter. So because she submitted a letter. 
she responded with a letter. Well, I wonder where you find the letter. If you if you request it at the bottom, it says that if you please call 501-663-4237 for comments or letter responses. So if you want the letter response, you've got to call that number and get it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I see it now. Okay. Interesting. you got to jump through another hoop. Yeah, well, you know, um, inquiring minds want to know, right, uh, Kim? I mean, uh, I'd be interested in knowing what uh, what Sarah's letter says. Um, it was a very questionnaire. You took it, I took it. It took me, I don't know, it took me maybe 15 minutes to read it. And, you know, it's only it's only five questions. So, um, and you can see they're pretty... They're pretty simple. I mean, literally, it took me 15 minutes to just kind of read it, focus on it, make sure I was reading it right, and then answer the questions. Yeah. Well, that's a weird one. So, um, recently, you found out that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who um, you know has, has never been elected to any kind of office, and she, now she's running for uh, governor of Arkansas, um, decided to endorse your rhino opponent uh what did you think about that well i you know i was i just thought it it didn't surprise me at all um trent's been endorsed by a lot of the establishment he's he's the only job he's ever really had is working for the government in a taxpayer job he's he's an attorney he's a he's a government attorney he works at the capitol he's uh he's advised asa on policy um maybe he was the one that advised him on vetoing the, um, you know, the, the sex change bill. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't surprise me, you know, because he's part of the establishment. And he's he's in there thick as thieves with them. So, and he's been getting tons of money from all the establishment, special interest packs, lobbyists, Washington, D.C. money. Um, like I said, he's raised, he's raised only 7% of his money comes from inside Conway. If, if you take his mom and dad's contribution, because they donated the maximum, each one. So if you take that out, it's only 7% of his donations are coming from actually inside Conway. Because he just moved here to run. So he hasn't, he, yes, he was raised here, but he hasn't lived here years. He just moved here to, to run for office. Good grief. So where, where did he move to Conway from? Yes, Pulaski County. Okay, okay. And he uh, said he's lived here his whole life, but he's paid uh, property taxes in Pulaski County, so that's not entirely true. He said he's lived in Partner County his whole life, so that's that's another thing that's not entirely true. Um, he just moved here so he could he could run for this office. I've lived here for eight years. Now, I wasn't born here. wasn't raised here. I was raised in Sherwood, Arkansas, uh, but I've lived here for eight years. I've supported the community for eight years. I've been very involved in all the charitable work here. I was Women in Business uh, recipient in 2016. I went through the Conway Area Leadership Program. My husband went Conway Area Leadership Program. Uh, I've been I've been uh, nominated, and they've done uh, feature stories on me in Faulkner County magazines as a woman in business. I've been involved in this community deeply yeah. for years. So, what are some of the issues that that you want to get accomplished? Um, you know, if you get elected to the state legislature, when what are some of the things that distinguish you from your uh, from your opponent? Well, I have a lot of things, but I think one of the main things that I could utilize my talent is I have 25 years at, 25 years experience as a business owner. And I'm like you, I think we are taxed way too much in Arkansas. We have one of the highest tax percentages per capita of anywhere in the country. 
And I, with the experience that I have in managing budgets, meeting payroll, uh, when something in my business comes up that's going to cost me extra, I can't just, you know, increase my prices because I would price myself out of the market. Yeah. So what I have to do is, is budget and cut things here and there. I think when people say, oh, you can't cut the income tax because, you know, what, what would happen with that revenue loss and you can't do that. Well, here's the problem. What we need to do is cut the size of government, and I think it could be done easily uh, in Arkansas because we're already one of the highest tax states, and it's not just income. It's Like you said, it's sales tax on food. It's sales tax on, you know, I sell a car 10 times. i got to pay sales tax on it every single time. Uh, or if a car, not if I sell, but if a car is sold 10 different times, we have to pay sales tax on it 10 different times. Right. Um, businesses between... Between one and fifty, you know, states, Arkansas is thirty seventh in in states that are friendly to own a business in, and we have a, a one point seven score on the on taxes that are put on small businesses in Arkansas. I've ran, I've owned a business in North Carolina, and I've owned it in Texas. This by far is the most expensive state to own a business, and that makes it very very hard for small businesses to survive. It absolutely does, and this is one of the things I've been talking about, too. Uh, unlike what Sarah says, uh, we don't need to gradually phase out the personal income tax for the rest of our lives. Uh, we need to get rid of it now. We need to get rid of the income tax on small businesses. We need to get rid of the uh, t- the tax on, on used goods. You know, the state government is trolling moms on Facebook who are trying to sell their kids used clothes. Um, because they've outgrown them, saying, oh, you owe us a tax on that. The state government is trolling, like, uh, swap shops where people, you know, set up in a parking lot somewhere to try to sell used goods. Oh, you got to give us tax on that. It's ridiculous. It's outrageous. Uh, they're going after people who, you know, are living a paycheck at a time or people on face incomes, and, it, and it's the wrong thing to do. I mean, my motto running for governor is do unto others as you have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at the, I was talking to Heather Beach, um, a man, I love Heather, and I don't know the number, I don't remember exactly the number, but there are, she was telling me that there are way too many school attendants that are making well over 100, 150, sometimes 200,000 a year off of tax money, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, instead of looking at that, we're going to try to, to tax you know, someone telling their kids use use tennis shoes that they outgrew. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, we've got um, Dr. Cam Patterson in charge of UAMS making some like um, $1.6, $1.7 million a year. And, yeah. and UAMS uh, fed a fake news story to all the Little Rock TV news operations some months back about ivermectin, calling it horse pace, saying people are calling – Nine one one getting poison control center, uh, ODing on horse pace and how awful it was to um, to be even taking horse paste for for COVID nineteen, ignoring the fact that seven or eight years ago the people who developed ivermectin won the Nobel Prize for medicine because of how wonderful the prescription pills of ivermectin have been. For human beings, they don't want people to know that. Now, I wonder why that is. Um, you know, it's it, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's making some like one point six million dollars a year. I mean, that's a guy I would fire as as quickly as I could when I get in office. Um, there and there's probably that type of situation, you know, times thousands in the state. Maybe not at the one point six million dollar level, but I'm certain that there are a lot of positions that we could, um, you know, could cut or could turn over to some of the organizations in the private sector. You know, I just think that we, the more, the bigger the government, the worse it is for the people and the more expensive it becomes. And then you have to fund it. And that's something that I really want to change. I want to use my skills as a business owner and look at our budget from a business owner standpoint and see where we can save money without affecting any any of the services and uh, programs that Arkansans benefit from, but how we can still save money and save Arkansans money, especially in a time where inflation is, is killing a lot of, uh, of families, both low-income families and middle-income middle families. I mean, I think that we're all affected by it. There's no question about it. No question about it. Um, now, is your... Is your opponent saying anything about reducing taxes to try to take the uh, uh, to try to deal with the pain that we all feel when we go to the grocery store or, or the or the gas pump? Oh yeah, yeah. He has all the buzzwords down. He is going to lower taxes. He's pro life. He's pro Second Amendment. Uh, even though I'm the only one that the gun owner of Arkansas would endorse, um, but he does have all the proper Republican buzzwords down. His campaign is being run by very powerful person in the box that is really, really close to Asa. And uh, so, so yeah, he is saying, he's saying everything that you're supposed to say. There's no me to it. It's just, I'm going to cut taxes. You know, wow. I'm, I'm saying this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to use my 25 years experience as business owner. I'm going to look at our budget. I can guarantee you, I can, I can find millions in savings and I'm going to run the government as if it were a small business. Instead of a checkbook that has an unlimited balance that you, the people, are going to pay. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before I forget, well, yeah, all the right things. <laughs> before I forget, uh, Kim Slaughter, who is running for state representative district fifty-six in the Con- well, Conway area, um, you give everybody your your website address. It's Kim dot com. That's K I M F O R H O U S E dot com. And I have, if you look at the about section, there's conviction, which are kind of like blogs, and it's just really me speaking from my heart. So if you want to know some things that I'm passionate about and you don't want to just hear the buzzwords, but you want to hear my heart behind it, my passions behind it, and the reason I feel that way, go yeah. read some of my convictions. Some of the convictions there on KimForHouse.com. Absolutely. Yes, um, well, you know, I, I guess since you're up uh, – against an opponent who's backed 100% by Aza Hutchinson, uh, the guy that wanted mass mandates for five-year-olds, the guy who vetoed the bill that would have uh, protected uh, children from uh, chemical castration, the guy that shut down all the small businesses. I'm sorry, what? And shut down businesses. Yeah, shut down all the small businesses back in in 2020. It would only stand Mm -hmm. to reason that Sarah Huckabee Sanders would be uh, endorsing your opponent because she and Aza are two peas in a pod. Yeah, my, and my opponent is involved in in uh, in literal 
politics, has been his whole life. Um, ever since he was a little kid, he wanted to be in politics. That's what everybody told me. Leslie Ratledge says that she's basically raised him. Um, so, yeah, it didn't surprise me. I'm not, and I'm not worried about it. I mean, if enough people, just like you, Doc, if enough people that care about government and really, really, really want to see a change, they really want to make a difference. They're tired of, of people saying they're going to make a change, nothing changing. If they want someone that's going to go against the grain, then, then they need to vote for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kim Slaughter, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Again, the, uh, the website is Kim4House, K-I-M-F-O-R House, uh, com, And if by the grace of God, I get elected governor, which I will be if I get the nomination, I'm going to need people like Kim Slaughter in the state house working with me to take the government off everybody's back and to drastically reduce the size of our state government. Uh, and, and I know that'll be a whole lot easier to get things done with people like Kim Slaughter in the state house than with people like her rhino opponent who is backed by Azel Hutchinson and, uh, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. They're just two completely different ways of, of looking at things. So I'm for the change. Yeah. Anything else you want to tell my, uh, my listeners, uh, especially our listeners in, in the Conway area before, uh, before we wind up the interview. Well, first, I want to thank you again for letting me be on here. And I want to say I'm no politician. I'm like you. I never thought I would run. I'm running because I feel like the people need me. I'm tired of having a government for the government and not for the people. I'm ready to have a government for the people, and that's why I'm, I'm running. So to the people in Conway, it, it is you who I will represent. And if you have anything that you want to discuss with me, my phone number is on my website. It's 501 499 Three four seven five. It's an open line. Anybody can call me, text me, whatever, because that is how we're going to create a good government is by representing the people and not lobbyists, businesses, and out-of-state money. Fantastic. Kim Slaughter, Godspeed. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you on the uh, the campaign trail, and the website is Kim, K-I-M-F-O-R, house.com. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So there we go. There we go. That was, uh, that was Kim Slaughter. Um, and no, I'm honored. I'm honored to, uh, find common cause with good people like this that are running for office. No question about it. You know what? I'm also honored that we have some great advertisers who make it possible for us to do what we do every day. And without any further ado, I want to want you to hear from a couple of them before we continue the program. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including... Your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. 
Don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 Again, that's 501 
303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, there is so much going on, so much going on that we uh, we have to catch up on. Um, first of all, the um, the war that, of course, was declared by the Democrats on unborn babies. LifeNews.com, Joe Biden will scrap Trump's pro-life rule, force Christian doctors to kill babies in abortion. That is the title of the article which dropped yesterday afternoon. Here's what it says. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and other medical workers may soon be forced to help abort unborn babies or lose their jobs as pro-abortion politicians work to get rid of conscience protection rights. Last year, Biden administration dropped a lawsuit against a hospital accused of tricking a pro-life nurse into aborting an unborn baby. That decision was only a foreshadowing of things to come. Earlier this month, Christian medical leaders raised alarm, a potential view, pardon me, a potential new pro-abortion mandate from the Biden administration that could shut down Christian health care throughout the United States. Now the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services officials confirmed to Politico this week that they plan to revoke a Trump administration rule that protected pro-life medical workers from being forced to kill unborn babies in elective abortions. According to the report from Politico, the Biden administration is preparing to scrap a Trump-era rule that allows medical workers to refuse to provide services that conflict with their religious or moral beliefs according to three people familiar with the deliberations talking to Politico. Spokesperson for HHS confirmed the policy change is underway. So, the agency could introduce a new policy as soon as this month, according to the report in Politico. Responding to the news, pro-life leaders criticized the Biden administration for wanting to force hardworking Americans to choose between exercising their beliefs and being able to feed their families. In a statement, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Matt Bowman said, doctors, nurses, and other medical providers should enjoy this same constitutional protection, free to live and work in a manner consistent with their faith. Yet the Biden administration's proposed rule would abandon healthcare professionals to being forced to perform medical procedures that directly violate their religious beliefs or risk losing their jobs. Now, the rule that HHS wants to remove protected doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers from being forced to provide abortions and other medical procedures that violate their religious and ethical beliefs. It was issued by the Trump administration. The rule added way to conscience protection laws by allowing the federal government to revoke taxpayer funding from hospitals, universities, and other health care providers that violate their employees' 
conscience rights. However, abortion groups and Democrat leaders, but I repeat myself, sued the Trump administration and a federal judge blocked the rule. Jacqueline Ayers, senior vice president of policy organizing and campaigns for Planned Parenthood, told Politico they're excited about the new Biden administration rule. She slammed conscience protections as discriminatory by twisting the issue. She said, as state politicians continue to strip people of their sexual and reproductive rights and freedoms, it's imperative that the Biden-Harris administration revoke this discriminatory policy and help ensure people can access the health care and information they need when they need it. She said, we look forward to seeing the details of how the new rule, details of the new rule, and are excited about the step forward. Oddly enough, she didn't say anything about uh, her glee and trying to force Christians to shed the blood of innocent babies. I, I missed that part. Anyway, lifenews.com continues. Forcing doctors and nurses to abort unborn babies or lose their jobs is the real discrimination, and pro-life advocates are urging the president to withdraw his plan. Oh Well, I'm never going to call Biden president. I I don't think you deserve that title if you stole it, and he stole it. Bowman said this is an illegal and gross overreach of executive power, and we urge the administration to withdraw this harmful proposal immediately. Well, see, the problem with that is, Biden and his handlers um, want to punish all of us. They hate us. They hate the babies. They hate you and me. So they're not going to withdraw anything. Probably the most radical president we've ever had. Meanwhile, Christian medical leaders are preparing for more attacks on conscience rights in the future. This year, five major Catholic organizations established the Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance to defend religious freedom and Catholic healthcare in the U.S. As Wesley J. Smith, a lawyer, award-winning author, and a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism, wrote over at FirstThings.com earlier this year. <clears throat> pardon me. He said the threats against religious freedom in the United States have become so acute that five major Catholic organizations have formed. The Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance, a nonprofit coalition dedicated to defending the right of Catholic hospitals, nursing homes, and other institutions, as well as Catholic doctors, nurses, and pharmacists to provide care and treatment in accordance with the moral precepts of the Catholic Church. The primary mission of the CHCLA will be to act as a clearinghouse for threats to Catholic health care and coordinate an effective response through political, and democratic engagement. CHCLA will also work to evangelize, educate, and provide mutual support for patients and professionals. Pro-life leaders feared that usurper Joe Biden, I will not call him president, pro-life leaders feared that usurper Joe Biden would work to dismantle religious freedom for pro-life medical workers after his administration dropped the lawsuit last year defending a pro-life nurse who allegedly was forced into aborting an unborn baby. The Vermont nurse said she was tricked into helping with an election, elective abortion 
Even though the doctors knew her objections, she said they told her she would be helping with a miscarriage. Do you hear any of our elected leaders in Washington talk about this? Now, of course, the Democrats are the party of abortion. I'm talking about Republicans. Any word from Mitch McConnell on this in the Senate or uh, Kevin McCarthy in the House? How about any of our supposedly pro-life people we send to Washington? French Hill, Steve Womack, Rick Crawford, Bruce Westerman, Tom Cotton, John Bozeman. Anything? Have you heard a peep? I mean, maybe, maybe I missed it. Maybe somebody said something. You know, I can't I can't catch everything. But I uh I try to let you know what's going on. You know? I don't want you to say, Hey, why didn't you tell us? Okay, uh Dr. Ryan Cole was one of the America's frontline doctors that came to North Little Rock back in in uh, December when we had our symposium on the China virus and the and the vaccines. And now he is saying the mRNA vaccines produce persisting spike protein likely causing blood clots and heart inflammations and cancers. The article is in the epictimes.com. According to Dr. Ryan Cole, messenger RNA, mRNA, vaccines produce persisting spike protein that may cause severe damage to the recipient's health, such as unusual clotting, heart inflammation, or cancer. Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines are the only mRNA vaccines approved or authorized for booster use in the United States. Johnson Johnson COVID-19 vaccines use a viral vector, a modified version of a virus, to instruct cells to make antibodies. Dr. Cole is a pathologist who has operated in a lab for who's operated a lab for 18 years. He has seen mostly through the microscope about half a million patients in his career. Dr. Cole told Facts Matter, the Facts Matter program on Epic TV during the global COVID summit held in Houston on April 8th, quote, normal mRNA, you have cells making messages all day long. mRNA is generally broken down Within minutes to maybe an hour or two, mRNA should not persist. Dr. Cole said mRNA is a message that tells your cell to make a certain protein for different body reactions. He said, but when you put the synthetic pseudoridine in your body, the body doesn't know what to do with it and looks at it and says, hmm, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to break it down. And so it evades that breakdown process, and it also evades an immune response, but it also turns down our immune system, which is not a good thing because other things, cancers, viruses, get to wake up. In a February interview with the Epic Times, Dr. Cole said 
He had seen an uptick in cancers that he should not be seeing. In addition, he has seen elevations in clotting factors persisting for a long time post-vaccination. However, when he voiced his concerns, no government agencies were willing to look into this finding. Dr. Cole examines about 40,000 biopsies a year. His view aligns with Dr. Robert Malone, a key contributor to mRNA vaccine technology. Dr. Malone, in an article published by the Epic Times on April 11th, said the mRNA for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines is not really mRNA. Here's the quote. These molecules have genetic elements similar to those of natural mRNA, but they are clearly far more resistant to the enzymes which normally degrade natural mRNA, seem to be capable of producing high levels of protein for extended periods, and seem to evade normal immunologic mechanisms for eliminating cells which produce foreign proteins which are normally which are not normally observed in the body. Dr. Joseph Mercola, an osteopathic physician, also said the spike protein from the COVID-19 vaccines is to blame for the severe organ damage. In a recent article uh, at theepictimes.com, Dr. Mercola said, science demonstrated that it wasn't the virus causing endothelial damage that led to organ damage such as was found in the heart, liver, and kidney of COVID-19 patients. Rather, it was a spike protein that was also being injected in a genetic therapy shot program. Some studies show the vaccine-induced spike protein persists in human bodies, according to Dr. Cole, but we have no idea how long that synthetic sequence is persisting. A Stanford study by Catherine, Katharina Rolchin and others show that the synthetic sequence persists for at least 60 days. A Harvard study by Elena Ogata and others showed the spike protein could circulate for weeks. Cole said a German professor, Dr. Arnie Burkhardt, found in his autopsy study the spike protein could persist in the human body for as long as 128 days. And it goes on and on and on. It's a long article. I can't. I can't uh, read the whole thing. But um, according to Axios, in May 2020, then director of NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, said, "We do have some per- particular stake in the intellectual property behind Moderna's coronavirus vaccine." Dr. Collins says, talking to the companies, I don't hear any of them say they think this vaccine is a moneymaker. Nobody sees this as a way to make billions of dollars. Dr. Cole said, so nobody's going to vote themselves out of a job in these agencies. By denying these applications and application fees and drug reviews for all these large companies, they won't have enough revenue to keep their agency going either. It's really a paradoxical lose-lose. Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it's outrageous. Frankly, it is outrageous. The great Steve Kirsch over at Substack has a couple of articles here. One entitled Truth Bombs from McCary and Prasad. 
Public health officials cannot be trusted with public health decisions. He said, in case you missed it, two mainstream doctors admit they were wrong. They now realize that public health officials cannot be trusted with public health decisions. First of all, Dr. Marty McCary. Now, Dr. McCary is a professor at Johns Hopkins, an alumni of uh, Harvard, and Dr. McCary responding to uh, Dr. Vinay Prasad. Now, who is Dr. Vinay Prasad? Medicine, oncology, science, policy, academic, who's published all over the place, who said, pre-COVID, I was a strong supporter of public health, having broad legal authority to take action, but public health broke the social contract. Public health mandated two-year-olds wear masks, but ran zero RCTs to reduce uncertainty. All right, now, what is an RCT? Let's look into this because these people like to use abbreviations. A randomized control trial. In other words, they're forcing two-year-olds to wear masks without even giving us any evidence that it's going to do any good. But Dr. Prasad continues. Public health pushed vaccine passports even after it was clear that vaccinated people could transmit the virus. Mandated boosters in 20-year-old men even after safety signal was known and without exemption for recent breakthrough. Implemented a vaccine passport for five-year-olds to go to restaurants in New York City. Continued an airplane mandate without ever running any randomized control trials to see if that helps. Public health set cruel hospital visitation policies without even knowing if any or which ones slowed spread and which ones harmed health. Now, i got to digress for a minute here on the cruel hospital visitation policies. I got to digress for just a minute on this because there's something that we need to keep in mind when it comes to that. James Melville. James Melville. A guy in the UK who claims to be a liberal, but he says during the lockdown era, We couldn't even mourn our loved ones properly. He's got a little video of a funeral where everybody has to keep six feet apart in their chairs. It says, a son moved his chair next to his mother to comfort her at the funeral of her late husband. He was told to separate. This sort of authoritarian inhumanity must never happen again. Now, that's the kind of thing. Even in the uh, supposedly red state of Arkansas, we were told, oh, no, sorry, can't do a funeral right now. Guy who goes by Martyr Maid on Twitter says, whatever happens, never forget that they shut down your churches, closed your kids' schools, canceled your weddings, made your loved ones die alone, again, in Arkansas. 
while they dined maskless, encouraged their pets to riot, took a two-year vacation, and didn't even pretend to owe you an explanation. That's right. So let me go back to uh, Dr. Prasad. Um, talking about why he no longer has faith in public health to have the power to tell us what to do and how to do it. He says it's one thing to have power, but there's a scientific responsibility to run studies to show the intervention works. Public health largely abandoned this and just shouted louder that the science was certain when it was not. In the future, we need to have a new Bill of Rights for citizens. If public health implements restrictions, it has three months to prove efficacy and cluster randomized control uh, studies. And if it fails, the restriction must fall. Public health did not complete the social contract. It did not use science to answer important questions. It should not blame justices for stripping its power, as the uh, the judge did the other day on the mass mandates in the plains. It proved that it did not deserve the power it was granted. Consider that this, too, is public health's fault. And he links to a political article. Links to a political article. COVID vaccine concerns are starting to spill over into, re- into routine immunizations. Yeah, from just April 18th. By hemorrhaging political capital on masking the wrong ages with the wrong masks and mandating boosters for the wrong ages, colleges, while neglecting nursing homes, vulnerable and the elderly. And so, of course, you're going to get a judge striking down a TSA mask mandate because public health has clearly violated the social contract they have with the rest of us. So Dr. Marty McCary over there at Johns Hopkins says, you are correct, Dr. Prasad. Public health officials broke the social contract. Okay? So that takes me back to Steve Kirsch's newsletter. Again, quoting Dr. McCary, who said, A federal judge struck down cloth mask mandates for non-eating and drinking travelers instead of gracefully apologizing for the inconsistencies and failure of CDC to study cloth masks. Health officials kept a tight grip on the policy right to the bitter end. Steve Kirsch says, Maybe someday we'll actually be able to question a public health official on their insane policies. Maybe someday. Now, he's got another article. Mainstream media covers up airline pilot cardiac arrest because they don't want to create vaccine hesitancy. Have you heard about that one? I didn't think so. I did not think so. So that one is coming up next because I owe it to you to give you the news that nobody else anywhere else is giving you. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. 
Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas... Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, Eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar? Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, Steve Kirsch's newsletter over at Substack. Mainstream media covers up pilot cardiac arrest because they don't want to create vaccine hesitancy. Check this out. Not a single story in the mainstream media about vaccinated American Airlines Captain Robert Snow suffering cardiac arrest minutes after landing the plane. The pilot is livid. And he's got an interview with a fellow named Stu Peters. Stu Peters, a guy who does a, a video podcast. It's S-T-E-W, Stu Peters, about American Airlines Captain Robert Snow, who nearly died due to cardiac arrest from the COVID-19 vaccine. Stu Peters Network, it's uh, the article where the embedded video is entitled, Vaxed Pilot Goes into Cardiac Arrest in Cockpit, 
Freedom Flyers Expose Massive Airline Cover-Up. And Steve Kirsch says, Captain Snow is livid that America, uh, that Captain Snow is livid that American Airlines is coercing pilots to take such a dangerous vaccine. Even more, what's the benefit to vaccinating pilots? It's not like the pilot is going to transmit COVID to the passengers. The chance of that happening is very close to zero. The media cover up the story. What was really interesting to me is how well the mainstream media covered it up. No stories at all in the mainstream media. And he has a Google search here, American pilot Robert Snow. And uh, something called LifeZet.com covered it. I've never heard of them. Uh, VaxFacts.Substack.com, they covered it. And then everything else, all the other Google search results that come up have nothing to do with the story. And, of course, nothing in a Google News search, not a single story in a Google News search. So there's a reason. There's a reason for that. You know, you might want to you might want to look at Steve Kirsch's Substack. His last name is spelled K I R S C H. Steve Kirsch.substack.com. He's got an article from back uh, December 28th. Uh, Bhakti Burkhart pathology results show 93% of people who died after being vaccinated were killed by the vaccine. See, that's the kind of thing they don't want you to talk about. You know? Do I sound like a uh, typical politician running for governor? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. These are the kinds of things that uh, that Sarah can't talk about, will never talk about. But we know, we know what's going on. We know what's going on. All right. Now, having said that, it's time to say hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA, believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to you, to your front door, anywhere in America, anywhere in the 48 continental United States. Today's Tweet of the Day uh, from the great Keith Malinek. He says, if you don't like the mask mandate being rescinded, then start your own airline and impose masks on your crew and passengers. Thank you, Keith Malinak. Thank you, RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Episode 132 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smooth Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempierre X. Bam, that's the way it is. Wednesday, April 20th, 2022.